0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of the internal comms podcast. I'm your host, Katie McCauley. Listeners, I am thinking of you. These are indeed strange and troubling times. We recorded this episode on Friday the 19th of March 2020. To date, 169 countries worldwide are now grappling with COVID-19 first reported to the World Health Organization on the 31st of December. In less than three months, more than 13,000 people have died. Now, I'm sure many of you are under enormous pressure to update, inform and reassure employees amid a situation that's changing daily, if not hourly. And many of you are doing this now from your kitchen tables. If you are looking for help and guidance, we've created a special microsite with useful resources and new services to give IC pros worldwide a helping hand. And we'll be expanding this list of resources as the days and weeks roll on. So I have a bit.ly link for you here. It is bit.ly forward slash stay connected 2020 and that link is also in our show notes on our website which as ever is abcom now if you work for a not-for-profit or public sector organization like the national health service in the uk please do not worry about affordability in other words if you need internal comms for key workers whatever that is, from podcasts, postcards and posters to online portals, discussion forums, situation rooms on your intranets, I have a team ready and waiting to serve. The internal comms podcast will also be with you throughout this crisis. We have some amazing guests lined up for you, including, tantalizingly, three of the biggest names in our profession, I'll tell you more about that at the end of the show. For now, please let me introduce Sarah Pinch and Tamara Littleton to talk all things crisis comms. Social media pioneer Tamara founded the social element in 2002, way before the explosion of social media. Today, she leads a global team of more than 300 who work with some of the world's biggest brands to deliver consultancy-led social media services. Their aim? To create genuine human connection with consumers while using social to help solve business challenges. Tamara is also a co-founder of Polpio, which helps brands withstand a crisis that's breaking online through the use of simulation technology. And we'll talk about that in this show. Sarah is Managing Director of Pinchpoint Communications, which helps organizations build, maintain, and sustain great reputations. She is a past president of the Chartered Institute of Public Relations here in the UK. She's worked as a journalist and TV director for the BBC for more than 11 years, and has worked in senior comms and marketing roles since 2000. She won the CIPR, PR Director of the Year Award for her work at the NHS in Bristol, and she's also a non-executive director for the Health and Safety Executive. But what's especially relevant here is that both my guests are skilled in reputation management, issues and crisis management. So without further ado, I give you Tamara and Sarah. So thank you so much for joining me today. It is at the end of probably one of your longest weeks at work so far in your working life. I know it is for me. I wonder if we could set the scene for listeners. Can you tell me a little bit about how the current situation is affecting you personally. Are you able to run your businesses from home? Are you able to work from home? How is this a crisis actually affecting you? Tomorrow, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, there's kind of some different things. Uh, There's obviously the team and then there's our our clients. How it's affected us, uh, affected me personally, I mean, it's been a very, very busy week. Let's say that. I am quite fortunate that um, we've been running the remote model at The Social Element for, for 18 years. I was kind of a bit of a pioneer with the whole working from home. And that has been incredible because then decisions like we're closing down the London office on Monday, day was just a is a quick case of just we well, just don't go into the office there was no sort of major technical issues or, or hurdles which has been incredible because it has allowed me to focus more on the morale of the team and also my sort of personal situation as well and and of course on the clients and and I think it's been interesting because um although I've got a great uh, working setup at home I've had to sort of then lug over all my stuff to the other side of London because uh, I decided with the imminent threat of a lockdown that it might be a good idea if I actually moved into my girlfriend's house who lives on the other side of London and I've taken my cats with me and she's got a little four-year-old son and and so so suddenly it's a very different environment and I'm adapting to, to what I think a lot of people are going through which is the whole juggling of children. And Sarah
0: how about you? How's it going for you? So so
2: I set up Pinchpoint Communications seven years ago and we've had a virtual model all that time. So very similar to Tomorrow in that it's not been a massive change for us in terms of how we work as a team. But we spend a lot of time client-side. We have a lot of clients in the public sector. We have a lot of NHS clients. We have a lot of uh, schools. We do a lot of work in education. So actually that's been quite different and seeing how... Um, the the private sector can really adapt very quickly. And the public sector is lagging behind, particularly in technology. So I sit on the health and safety executive as a non-exec director, and I spent five hours on a telephone conference for a board meeting. And I think, I hope that one of the things that comes out of this is that the public sector catches up with some of the technological advances that the private sector has been using for some time, uh, because I think we we absolutely need to stay connected to each other um, in, a, in a technological way much more now. I must say Microsoft Teams has been revolutionary for us. It's been so good to be able to see my team uh, as well as to talk to them. So I, I really am hopeful that people will um, take Uh, It's always a a communications professional's job, isn't it, to find the opportunities uh, in a crisis. But I think one of those opportunities hopefully will be uh, people uh, taking the opportunity to to really come up to date with a lot of the technological advances that they've been.
0: On a personal level, I've loved seeing the inside of so many people's houses over the last (laughs) week. I never thought it feels like a personal tour of my colleagues' uh, kitchens and bedrooms and offices it's been it's been fascinating <laughs> i've massively enjoyed meeting their pets and their children so that's that's been one upside now you are both very experienced in terms of handling crises managing crises and i wondered if to set this particular covid-19 crisis in context for us How does this compare? People everywhere are calling this unprecedented, an unprecedented event.
2: I think it is unprecedented and I think society will change as a result of this. I think that we, you know, we have been in a situation this week where the guidance from the government has changed dramatically. So, you know, who would have thought that our children would be leaving school at half past three this afternoon, not knowing when they're going back. You know, I was speaking to one of my team today whose daughter is in year six. She'll be going to secondary school next year, no leaving assembly, no party, no milestones. And I think that, you know, that's just one tiny example of of that that cohort of children who, who are making a major transition in their lives, and they will be doing that in a completely different way, unknown way. You know, we don't know how long this is going to go on. And I think the impact that it's going to have on business, particularly on service industries, you know, we've got a lot of friends who who own and run restaurants and they are all trying desperately to, so one is now running a a, a box scheme, so a meat box, a veg box or a fish box scheme, we've got another friend who runs a really fabulous Italian, they're now doing pizza dough deliveries, you know, I think we are, this is unprecedented Katie, I think the principles of managing a crisis from a communications perspective are the same, our tools will be different, you know, Mm I I worked in the NHS for a number of years and one of the things that the NHS does brilliantly is managing a crisis. Um, you, you know you, you will all be pleased to know that there are regular practices of what do we do when you know when supplies are cut off or electricity fails or we can't get enough staff but
0: actually all of those things happening at the same time I think that's the unprecedented bit here. Mm, I totally agree, Tamara. How are you feeling about this in, the, in terms of the context?
1: Yeah, it's it's really fascinating because you know, from from my point of view, we have I have sort of two heads on. Usually, it's with the social element. We're often helping brands with their sort of day to day communications and engagement, and of course, sometimes that means an issue that then bubbles into a crisis. And sometimes we're in full crisis mode about a, a product recall or something like that. And then with my other hat on, co-founded uh, Pulpio, which is all about crisis simulation so we help brands prepare for a crisis by uh, simulating a, a, a crisis so that they can prepare their comms and get press releases out and everything and right now it feels like the whole world is in a simulation or or a disaster movie and I think that's been the fascinating thing that it's you know it's helped from the point of view from me as a, a sort of a leader with internal comms of how you manage it for the the crisis that is breaking out in everybody's individual business so you're just kind of you're managing that. We're also having to stay on top of our clients who uh, where we're helping them. Go through their this crisis in terms of their communication, so it's it's really strange. But I am um, an eternal optimist. I'm a very much a, a sort of a positive person. So I agree. It will be there will be a fundamental shift in society. The bit that is kind of giving me hope is the kindness that is coming through. The fact that on some of the WhatsApp groups that I'm in with various sort of um, CMOs, that they're helping each other. They're sort of checking. You know, that, that you know retail are working together so that the messages got out of please everybody calm down there will be food let's let's stop this let's help the vulnerable you know opening uh, the the shops so that people can go earlier in the morning but just this sense of behind the scenes small businesses you know helping each other out where they can so there is there is something really good coming out of this, and I, I have to agree that the communication style makes it very different, um, and perhaps that is something to do with being able to see each in each other's houses. You know, I'm having conversations with clients where they're sitting on sofas and we see kids walking in the background. It does make it a bit more personal. It kind of brings that vulnerability that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we are humans and we're all in this together, and this is a human crisis.
2: I think that sense of um, of understanding more about each other, you know, yeah. um, I worked for the BBC for a long time and um, we moved, in 1992, we moved from London to Manchester and I remember distinctly that I had been inside the houses of my colleagues <laughs> and I'd worked with them for 5 years but because we were in London you know so, so to your point more about you know moving across town so that you can see and be with your girlfriend you know it would take forever to get to people's homes in London so we didn't do it and then <laughs> we moved to Manchester and suddenly discovered that actually we were literally only 20 minutes away it didn't seem to matter where you were and I think you know, if one of the things that comes out of this is that more leaders in business like us recognise you don't need to be in the office five days a week, you know, 12 hours a day or whatever it is. Actually, you know, one of the things I've started to talk to our clients about is productivity and presenteeism are two very different things. Yes, And, you know, There are many people who work in this industry with children. There are many people who from Monday do not know how they're going to be able to um, organise their day. And I think, you know, if if there is one thing, so like tomorrow, ever the optimist, if there is one thing that comes out, as well as the sort of learning to be more technological uh, about our solutions, hopefully it will be that we understand that people can be incredibly productive and not be in the office.
1: Oh, completely. And it's something I mean, just sort of focusing on the internal comms, we um we made it very clear, and I've seen other CEOs of, of agencies do this, and it, it really warms my heart, of putting out a directive or actually just sharing it on a video call with everybody, how important it is that to be more accepting of the fact that, that kids are at home and that people are trying to juggle work and entertainment education and you know parenting to actually Relax the rules a bit I've always been a real stickler for if you're going to be having a a video call with you know a team meeting or um you know a client you know control your surroundings, make sure that there aren't sort of dogs barking and and things going on and actually we've sort of i've I've gone backwards on that and said it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter. embrace it doesn't matter if someone's sitting there with you know uh kids sort of around you know housemates whatever because it's everyone's going through it so be kind but also reduce the workload and I think what you were saying is absolutely right it's we don't all have to work as much as perhaps we thought we did. Perhaps we can think this, there's nothing like a, a pandemic to make you realise what's really important. Mm-hmm. And perhaps some of the business as usual work can be put on hold while we f- focus on what's really important. Are people safe? Are they, you know, are they okay? Are they going to be in the place have they got some, everything they need? These things are important. Getting work out for clients that's related to coronavirus is really important perhaps other things can take a little bit of a back seat and that's that's quite a leveler Mm. I think
2: I think that point about you know be kind is really important so you know I pay my team at the end of the month I've said to all of them if you need an interim payment you know really up for that I think businesses that have said you know we're paying all of our freelancers in advance you know, I've said that to my team, I, you know, one of of my friends has just said that her husband's been made redundant, you know, so I've immediately gone and said look can we help can we do anything he's a marketeer if anyone's in the market for a <laughs> let me know um but you know it's kind i think i think we will see a lot more kindness a lot more generosity and i think that from the internal communications perspective i think it's really important that organizations are really clear about these things you know we all know somewhere somewhere in a file on some internet page there's a, a policy about you know flexible working or whatever but actually if you can enable that to happen just tell people now just say look guys if you need to work flexibly we're, we're up for that you know these are the outputs we need how
0: you get there don't really mind I think if you can do that that will be much appreciated I can imagine a lot of comms people at the moment are, are frantically trying to work out what to say in terms of quelling. There's a lot of myth. There's a lot of rumour out there. There's a lot of, uh, dare I say it, fake news. And I noticed an Edelman Trust Barometer article yesterday saying that actually employees yet again are looking to their employer to be a trusted, credible source of truth. Are there any sort of key uh, elements that communicators need in their back pocket in terms of their talking, in terms of their crisis strategy? Well, I
1: think something that I borrow from the... The work that we do with brands around uh, just sort of crisis management generally, I think the key thing is establish the facts. So you're right. There's a lot of rumor going around. A lot of friends of a doctor who said this, which is absolutely true. So that's a key thing around a crisis management is is establish the facts. We're doing something internally where we're having a, a daily company briefing at five o'clock. I think that having it at the same time is quite useful as well to have that routine. But we're sharing the facts that we're aware of uh, from a company that are coming from trusted sources rather than just sort of speculation and rumour which just stresses people out but it also helps my exec team know how to manage the team and and, you know what's happening are we going into lockdown are we not so just just trying to establish that facts and then there's something around crisis management about stating your key intent which is a, a phrase that I've uh, I, I know that Jonathan Hemus from Insignia um, mentions it a lot and, and I know it's kind of crucial for crisis comms. So being clear of what is the outcome you want as as a company and that could be any company. So if I just focus on my company, we're all about genuine human connection. We help brands have a genuine human connection but it's, it's how we are as a team. So I have to look after my team and make sure that they know that and if that means actually sort of um, just changing the rules right now, I don't really care because it's all about the future and that everyone is connected and safe. But also that our clients know that we're there for them. You know, I'm, I want to be here in the long run. I want my clients to know that we can just do whatever they need. So, we're not actually talking to them, you know, about, oh, could I sell you something right now? It's like, just just let us know what you need. We're here to help you. Uh, you know, we're, we're open and ready for business. So, you know that. So, it's like reassure the clients and then just help them. And, you know, we're talking about helping them with stuff that is completely different. Like, we have a wellness coordinator inside the company who's awesome and she's been helping us with every individual who's going through a stressful time can talk to her but we're sort of thinking can we just offer that to our clients as well it's not it's not part of our business but it feels like a really great thing right now so that stating your intent will help you with your plans of how you get through because it all becomes linked back to your values as well so i think that's really i'm calling that my sort of north star if i know mm who we are as a business and what we care about, it makes it easier for me and my exec team to make really solid solid decisions to get through and to be able to communicate internally as well.
0: Sarah, from your experience, would you agree that there's something around being absolutely sure about your, as you say, that core intent? I think that is really important. And I think it's, for
2: me, it's also about, um, Kind of taking down any barriers you know if things are too difficult people are not going to do them at, at the moment and i think for organizations who you know are able to be more flexible to enable people to take holiday last minute to not jump on that call you know back to the what's what's really important what's your focus but i think it's also about saying those things out loud that you know people want you to want to hear So I think Mm -hmm. internal communications has a really key role in a crisis to be reassuring so to say things like you know there there are going to be a number of us uh, who will lose people over the course of the next you know six 12 months I think being really clear about you know yes we've got a policy on on compassionate leave but right now if you need compassionate leave we have that take that you know I think I think that's back to this core cool thing about being kind. You know, mm. people are going to need a lot more care given to them by their employers. We'll see, we'll see many colleagues um, losing, their, losing jobs, you know, service industries. And I think therefore those organizations that will continue to um, provide services need to have a much greater sense of, of care and well-being for their staff. So I just signed off the um, a, a, a blog post from from a CEO uh, who who asks me for my advice on on her blogs every week, and I had no nothing to add this week because what she's written is from her heart and is about thanking her staff. So she's an NHS CEO of a really large hospital, and she's just written and said, "Thank you all for everything that you're doing. This is going to be really challenging. Our team spirit will get us through it. If there's Anything we can do to help email this and they've set up a special execs email address that all the execs will get a copy of that email. And I just I just said to I said, it's perfect. That's all people want to hear right now is thank you. I care about you. Let me know how I can help.
0: How should we think about audiences at a time like this? There's an argument, I guess, for saying that transparency is best, that almost we forget completely the internal external divide. What's your view on the prioritisation of audiences? Tamara, um, do you want
1: Yeah, to I'm happy to start, actually,
0: because... Um
1: Again, with sort of like these briefings, we've been putting team first. um, And and I'll explain before all of my clients think, wait, what? Um, Because actually, the way I see it is it's like that, uh, you know, when you're an aeroplane and the oxygen dips, you know, they always say, take the mask, put it on yourself, and then you can help others. So we've taken that same philosophy that if my team are in a good place, everything else will be fine because we'll be able to look after our clients, we'll be able to be more supportive. So that was my priority was team first, then it was the client reassurance. But part of that client reassurance, it wasn't just, yeah, everything's fine, we're business as usual, we can keep going. Because actually, it's not business as usual because, okay, functionally, Technically, everything's fine, but I don't know if some of my team might get ill or or anything. So, really, it's about that transparency that that you mentioned um, to be able to inform the clients that this is where where we are, this is everything is okay now, and these are the measures that we put in place. But it's it's also just being realistic that things are changing uh, on a daily basis. So, I think, yeah, focusing on team and clients and then having much more combined conversations, really, so uh, just that the clients are aware of what's going on. But I do think clients needed that reassurance from us of of what have we got in place, and then they can just crack on. Um, but for me, uh, the daily meetings with the team are far more important than daily meetings with the clients because they will be having their own daily meetings mm. internally quite honestly so they don't need us bothering them every day um but the uh, the daily briefings have been such an eye-opener because we're doing them uh, i love microsoft teams but we we're, we're kind of the with the zoom zoom lot mm-hmm. actually and just being able to see so many faces on video while we do a briefing, but it's not not a top-down briefing. It's an interactive session, and it's become fascinating to share stories and see how people are feeling. I'm in this lovely position where I have so many people from different countries as well, so uh, we've had tips from the people in Spain who've been in lockdown already sharing what it's been like for them and just sort of sharing things like this is the emotional sort of wave that you'll go through look out for that and then it gets better Um, and people in America who their school shut down earlier Um, so being able to sort of get that different viewpoint but it's really become I wouldn't say a therapy session it's actually been hugely uplifting but it is a space for people to be not okay and just say I'm a little bit worried about this and people have been checking you know what how's the company going because of course you know they want to make sure that everything is okay so we've gone for full you know open and transparency and just reassuring them that everything is fine but I think just being able to talk to each other has been an incredibly bonding experience so yeah it's it's Mm. been incredible.
0: Mm. Sarah what's your normal advice to clients around sort of audiences and prioritisation.
2: One of the staples of our advice is actually you know, if you think that's an internal audience and you think that's your external audience and they are totally separate, you are not going to be a successful business because, um, you know, your staff go home. Well, at the moment, most staff are at home, um, <laughs> uh, but, but not in the public sector. And I think it is really important that we remember that. You know, mm. we have got armies of people still at work. You know, if you're a nurse, if you're a post postman if you're you know our post lady dropped my tea off just now and she put it on the. I've, I've got an obsession with Earl Grey tea and so she put it on the step opened the door shouted from a distance it's just there I said everyone needs tea and we shared a joke and she had a laugh and then I said to her and thank you thank you for delivering that and her little face beamed, and I thought gosh you know it's back to this kindness thing isn't it um. you know I I am in the very fortunate position of being able to operate remotely, do all my work, still get paid for it all. And there are loads of people who aren't and can't. And I think organisations who think this is the message for staff, this is the message for customers, or this is the message for staff, this is the message for patients, you know, forget it. Your staff are going to become (laughs) your patients, your customers. They are, and they are your biggest advocate, aren't they? You know, I that's one of the things we talk to our clients about an awful lot when they're going through a crisis is do you know what if you really treat your staff honestly respectfully tell them everything you know don't tell them stuff if you don't know it don't make stuff up but if you've got stuff to say share it with your staff and then actually go one step further and say be really helpful when you're at the school gate going to the supermarket talking to your mum if you could pass that on we'd really love that we've held the hands of clients who've gone through really serious crises you know missing children failure of of systems in 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 healthcare, very serious situations of of kids on overseas trips getting into all kinds of really challenging uh, situations and you know we've said to all of them if you if you communicate really effectively with your staff, they are going to tell people about that. And mm. if you don't communicate effectively, they're going to tell everybody. About. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so actually, you know, I think this its I would say now we should talk about the audience rather than audiences yeah. in this particular crisis, and I think we should give the same message because mm-hmm. that's where it gets confusing. Is you know where you sort of have one message for your external audiences and a different message for your internal audiences. That's you know we've seen, haven't we, firsthand the 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 absolute power. Of the prime minister literally standing shoulder to shoulder with the two most senior scientists in the country. Right, tell us everything you know, and and now we're all listening. You know, mm. rather than, well, here's a message. If you're if you're a parent, you need to know that. If you're a worker, you need you know. Actually, guys, we're all in this together. These are our messages.
1: Is that whole notion of being able to read the room, which is something that we do a lot on social media. You know, you can use listening tools to kind of get a sense of where the mood is so that you can adjust the messaging and everything. But there is, it's impossible to read the room. And it's kind of just being aware that everyone is in a different situation. So just because some people are at a stage where, okay, I've got my working from home sorted, I'm feeling a bit better. And now I can, you know, they're perhaps in a a sort of high point, as it were, but then there are other people who, yes, they're working from home, but they're so worried about their own mother who's going through chemotherapy or something. And, and, you know, just everyone has got so many different complexities and layers of, of concern that getting that wording like right, that tone of voice is crucial because if you sort of move to thinking that oh it's okay we can we can maybe have a bit of humor now it's like no absolutely not you just have to be you know it, it is all about compassion and kindness at the moment so we were talking to a client um earlier in the week and um and they said what i really want to say is i want to say to the
2: staff that i wish i could give them all a hug <laughs> and i said to her well why can't you say that and she yeah. said well you know it's not appropriate is it I mean I'm the boss I can't be seen to be giving people a hug I said people are scared yeah people are scared and actually I think you should say that and so I think I really hope that people show more of their humanity more of their understanding in their communications I think it's absolutely fine to bring a bit more of ourselves into this crisis than we might do normally because you know Internal comms professionals spend their lives helping organisations communicate effectively. You know, everyone listening to this will have done huge amounts of work around crises before. In the main, those crises are one step removed from us as comms professionals. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are deeply affected by them. And I don't think... That's always uh, understood. So the guidance that I wrote last year with with my colleague Dan from the CIPR about how to deal with a a crisis, a hostile crisis, um, you know, one of the things we talked in there quite a lot about was this importance of checking in on your staff. So, you know, if you're dealing with a a terrorist incident, actually your staff are going to be really affected by that. So you need to keep checking in with them. But this is a crisis that's affecting everybody. We are literally all with our own stakes in the ground here. And so I think we need to really, really look out for each other. And I've been really really delighted to see the humanity and and the kindness the love that has been shown on twitter which is not really a sentence i ever thought i would say yes. but, you know, that really comes people kind of really shouting out to our public sector particularly those in the nhs uh comms professionals and saying you know guys we've got your back if we can help let us know you know we sent an email to clients today saying we are completely set up we're all ready to go and a little bit like um tomorrow's point about your i love the idea of your well-being um officer i love that i might even get one of those myself (laughs) but you know one of the things we said is we're really good at listening if you just want to chat off the books you know no no timer on that but you know we've been through lots of things like this and we can i think sometimes that was a samaritan for, for a couple of years and it was such a privilege for people to ring and talk and you know, most people, not all people, some people were desperate, desperate. But most people would say at the end of the call, you know,
0: I feel better just for talking. Yeah, mm. Definitely. Mm. Tomorrow, I read a really interesting blog of yours on, on LinkedIn this morning where you were talking about those brands and those businesses that stepped up to the plate to think about what they could do to help. And a while in some ways, and I was I was having this kind of ethical debate with myself because I was thinking there were things we could do quite quickly and quite instantly to help organisations, but I didn't want to do it because I was worried that it was going to look like I was somehow, you know, advancing the business through this crisis. And I got over myself by realising if you can help, just help. Yeah. What's your reflection on how businesses can and should step up to the plate and play their part here? Well, that
1: that has been the wonderful thing. It's, you know, so, for example, um, uh, Premier Inn, you know, they've got lots of empty rooms and and beds and everything, but they've been uh, letting the NHS uh, workers uh, stay there. Um, There was this whole thing about the... um, perfume company, which, of course, I can't remember their name right now. Louis
0: but Vuitton, I think. Louis
1: Vuitton, thank you. Uh, the fact that they've shifted from creating perfume to making hand sanitizers, Formula One, I can't remember if I even put this in the blog, but I was aware that uh, Formula One engineers have been moved over to working on ventilators. Um, and so I, that bit is incredible, to see that companies are pivoting so quickly to just uh, do something helpful. Obviously, I've never lived through a war, but it, it it feels like it's that sense of like, well, you just do the right thing and what can we do to help? And I, I, I'm i aware that people might be worried about is this seen as, you know, profiteering in a, in a crisis or is it somehow wrong to uh, advertise? But I'm, I'm not seeing that from, from those companies that are just stepping up and, and helping Um they're, it just feels like they're doing the right thing, and and I think also people will remember that, and there will be of course great brand loyalty. And I think it's the same thing for business owners, even if they're not brands. It's just you look after your your teams and your staff, and people remember that, which means that some now is the time to just sort of offer help. Really,
0: I'm curious when you do your simulations in Pulpio, and yes. obviously it's behind closed doors. It's a very safe environment. Are there very consistent lessons that organisations learn through that artificial kind of crisis they then put into practice?
1: Absolutely I think it sort of it tests people's um, actual you know skills in in communicating so the the way that they're you know the tone of voice etc it tests the speed of response it tests the behaviour between a team so being able to sort of you know, can they stay calm under pressure? Can they absorb all the facts and and get through it? But one of the over overarching uh, things that comes through for every single company is the ability to show empathy. And it's it's uh, it's very easy to sort of say, oh, you need empathy in your communications, but it's the one thing that goes away when people are under pressure because they're in a sort of fight or flight stage and it can be easy to sort of think let's just get the facts out or you know and you lose that sense and I I think that is what we're seeing now as this crisis is playing out the the people who are succeeding and being more reassuring and helping their staff and and uh, you know whether they're politicians whether they're brands it doesn't matter if they're showing empathy that is what is cutting through.
0: Sarah how about you what are your sort of golden rules if you like for managing through a crisis I think um I think consistency so
2: you know if you're going to update everybody then then set a time to do that don't fail in doing that if you haven't got anything to say say you haven't got anything to say Act, you know don't not don't not appear um you know say to people, well, we gave this update yesterday and actually that update still stands today. We haven't got anything to add. I think giving people the opportunity to talk is really important. So whether you do that through having dedicated emails, whether you do that through enabling people to to make phone calls or do video conferencing, the advice at the moment is very clear about not coming together. And what I I fear is that organisations will think, right, Well, we can't meet, so we'll have to write to everybody. Actually, you can meet, you just can't meet in person. You know, there are so many free tools now for getting people together, whether it's audio tools like this, whether it's video tools. We've talked about Zoom. We talked about Microsoft Teams. There's so much, you know, FaceTime, for goodness sake, you know, um, Skype. You know, I've seen lots and lots of posts from friends of mine who've been busy visiting their elderly parents to get them, you know, all set up so they can do their Skype calls. Um, So I think one of my golden rules is to be consistent. One of my golden rules is if you can't answer the question you don't know, don't make it up. I know that sounds so obvious, but companies sometimes are so desperate to look like they know the answer to everything, they start making stuff up on the spot. I think being human, saying sorry if it's appropriate, you know, there is not one single case in English or Welsh law where an organisation has had a worse time because they've said sorry. So you can (laughs) say sorry, even if it's not your fault, you know, I am deeply sorry about this COVID-19 it, nothing to do with me it's not my fault but I am re- you know genuinely I am sorry that I can't go to a meeting in London but I can't but I can join I can be on the phone I can contribute so I think consistency is really important I think being honest not making stuff up it's really important I think having one message for 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 the audience is really important and I think asking people what they want. I think lots of organisations think they know and actually, you know, you might be really busy having your number one priority is, you know, we've all got a brilliant policy on flexible working and actually what people want to know is something completely different. So I think enabling that conversation to happen I think is important. And, you know, internal comms people are going to come into their own over the next few weeks, you know, because organisations will need to have highly effective ways of engaging and communicating with their workforce and keeping their workforce. And I think, you know, like everybody, I've been on the receiving end of what feels like hundreds of emails from different organizations. And it's the ones that show kindness and humanity, empathy, as Tamara said in their communications with me, that I've really appreciated. Give a small example. We've booked a villa in Italy in August. It's a small, it's, so the company we booked it through is, is a family-run company and they deal with family-run billers. And their email was was fantastic. It kind of said, let's not panic. We don't know what's happening yet. Your, your final balances are a way off. When that comes, we'll have a conversation with you. If you want to switch to 2021, totally fine by us. Our priority is to give you a holiday and also to make sure the small businesses that we support in Italy get your support when they need it. And it was like the perfect example. fact, I read that to, to Dan, who, who, who owns the business. And I said, you know, this is what I do for a job, Dan. This is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because actually it hadn't crossed my mind that perhaps some people are thinking, well, I'm never going to go to Italy on holiday again. And actually, you know, I, I haven't thought that, but clearly... In that messaging, it was very clear that some people are thinking that. and he's actually going, do you know what? we've got a role to play here in in, in you know helping rebuild people's lives. So I think brands that that show their humanity and and are able to uh, to be kind, um I think will will survive brilliantly
0: thank you for that we haven't got long because I know you've got to go off and collect a little child from their last day before yeah. school closes but tomorrow maybe you'd like, just like to say a few words I'm particularly thinking of those comms people who are going to be under enormous pressure over the next few weeks to get messages out keep people informed they're not going to have the camaraderie that they would normally have if they were in the office uh-huh. any thoughts in terms of, of of their well-being their good mental health Any any thoughts there and what's kept you going at tough times?
1: Yeah so some of the advice that we're giving internally to to everyone is limit the amount of news that you're checking maybe just kind of check it occasionally don't be obsessed about social media you can you know check it but just have time away I think that camaraderie is so important so using Microsoft Teams using uh, Zoom whatever you want um, we're talking about now using it more for sort of um, socials as well. It's not all about the work. I I was trialling this. I I sing in a a choir called Natural Voices, and last night we did choir online, and uh, there was 40 of us all singing along, and, and it was hilarious. So we're going to use some of these techniques. You know, we've already been talking about doing quizzes and, you know, drinks for the team online, because why not? So I think it's just remembering just perhaps being a bit more hopeful about what's going to come in the future, but also adjusting to this as the new normal and just being aware of of the the tools we have and just get creative. um, And that will help you with your stress levels. I think that's all fantastic advice.
2: One of the things I'd add to that is get outside. At the moment, you can go outside and I think we need to maximise that. I highly recommend if you've got any green space or you've got a windowsill, go and buy yourself some bulbs and plant them because there is nothing like watching shoot, literally watching shoots come up to give you a boost to your mental health. I run and um, you know I've done more running this week than I have for weeks because I can. And I think right now, you know, I need to get out there and, and do some running. I think checking in on people. So um, we often suggest to clients when they're in a crisis that they set up a buddying system So each member of the communications team has got often HR colleagues are really good buddies for comms colleagues because they they get it. They understand it. And I think also comms people often know loads more information before they share it by definition. Don't carry don't burden yourself you know, there are loads of people. This is an amazing community in in comms and PR. We're, we're absolutely blessed to work in an amazing, generous community. And, you know, if anyone, I'm sure I speak for, for the three of us here, but I know if anyone dropped me a line and said, Sarah, have you got five minutes? The answer would be yes. Yeah. You know, highly confidential conversation, absolutely up for it. Don't suffer in silence.
0: Ladies, I could not have asked for two better guests at the end of what has been an incredible week in so many ways. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's a
1: pleasure. pleasure. Have a good weekend.
0: (laughs) I can't believe we've never met before and we meet under these circumstances. So that brings to a close this special bonus episode of the Internal Comms podcast. For the resources we mentioned, head over to our show notes on AB's website, abcom.co.uk forward slash podcast. You'll find everything there. And while you're there, please do sign up for our newsletter, I Saw This and Thought of You. We will continue to produce this throughout this crisis with help, guidance and information for IC pros. If you found this episode useful and you'd like other IC pros out there to hear it, I'm told the best way of making us discoverable is to rate the show on iTunes. Of course, you may also wish to share it on your social media channels. That would be great if you could. I did say that we have some amazing guests lined up for you. How does Rachel Miller, Bill Quirk, and Shell Holtz sound as a starter for three. Yes, I would recommend that you hit the subscribe button today. All that remains is to say thank you. Thank you for choosing the internal comms podcast. Stay well, stay healthy, and keep communicating. One of the things as a comms professional, I would say we need most in this crisis is very, very clear communication. In my view, herd immunity, self-isolation, social distancing, no, 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 no. Let's help organizations and governments get very clear messages across. Stay at home, keep away from people. These are the kind of clear, plain language messages we need to help organizations get out to their audiences urgently. With that message, to stay at home, to save lives, I mean this with no pun intended, listeners. Remember, it's what's inside that counts.